Hey there! Welcome back to another episode of Geisler's Guidelines. I am your host, Jordan Geisler, and here in not my house is a returning guest, the wonderful Paula Cook, who is my former slash still kind of current boss and my good friend. Paula, thank you so much for meeting me here in your own home and for agreeing to come back on the show for season two. Jordan, it's an honor to be with you again, and thank you for greeting me in my own home. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> As yes. I came in from another job. <laughs> yes, yes. And I was thinking, so much has changed since the very first episode of season one, yes. and now this is in, further on in season two. You've opened your own business. I have indeed. You've gotten a cute little chihuahua, Miss Rosita Juanita. Yes. Um, I'm back in school. I'm in the middle of season two. Things have just changed a lot since the very first episode of the podcast. Life that, keeps moving on. Exactly. And it's yeah. only been like, it was back in June. It's been about like five months, but it feels like a long time ago. Oh, I thought it was actually last year. No, no, okay. no. This was back in June, okay. but it kind of feels like last year. Of course, we're almost at the end of the year. True. Um, but again, thank you for being here. I'm very excited to see what our discussion has entailed. Um, but, As am I. Yes, yes. Uh, but before we get started, we have another segment a bowl of scenarios. So, Paula, if you would please okay. select a scenario. I'll close my eyes and end. Just, is that one? I believe that's one. Okay, yes. there you are. All right. You're at work and a customer starts berating you. What do you do? Well, you know, um, this hasn't actually happened to me, but... Um, People have bad days, mm -hmm. and sometimes I think they think everybody wants to listen to what kind of a bad day they're having, and um, it's, you have to show a strong backbone and a little bit of kindness, and then you have to basically say, you know, I am not your whipping post. Mm -hmm. Um, I understand you might be having a hard time now, uh, and this may have been a very difficult day for you, um, but you can move on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the very polite way yes. of responding to the situation. But you never know. The one thing I'm very aware of is, um, this is why one of my favorite things to do in life is to open the door at the post office mm -hmm. for people and to say, hello, how are you? Mm -hmm. And to actually look at them and greet them. You don't know who needs that. Mm -hmm. So I'm willing to cut somebody a little bit of a break as long as it's not abusive towards me. Yeah. And I recognize that, hey, you know, you're having a tough time. If you wanna get it out, Mm -hmm. then I suggest you kind of go outside. <laughs> but, you know, I get it if you're not going to be all that happy. Yeah, and so. it's fu it's funny you say that because back in season one, episode 14 with Paige on jobs, oh. we kind of talked about the same thing where she said, because she talked about an experience where a customer was very verbally abusive mm -hmm. towards her. 
and she said you know i can only get so upset because i don't know what kind of day that person has had Mm -hmm. and while i don't want to be just like something for someone to scream at like i may be the only interaction that person has in a day and maybe that person just has something they need to get out of their system which i do see but i think depending on how many other encounters i've already had that day if i'm the recipient of the berating I don't know what my threshold is going to be of how much I can take it and how much I can keep a straight face. But let's say this is my first encounter. Um, Because at the animal hospital, this would happen a lot Mm -hmm. where someone would berate me uh, because of the experience they had, prices of whatever, you know, etc. And I would... I did not feel empowered enough to stand up for myself at the job because it's it was very much a customer's always right mentality and you know you got to suck it up no matter what even if they really are absolutely wrong mm-hmm. and so I would I would sit there across from them at the receptionist desk I would stare at them and I would just nod my head and I would grimace and I would wait until they were done and then I'd finish out the transaction or I would just try and finish the conversation as quickly as possible and then I'd mutter things under my breath as they left um, which is probably the most passive aggressive thing I could do but you, uh, you know. know I believe that there are people that they have bad days and then there are people that every day is bad yeah and you will never no matter how uh, much you talk to that individual they are just absolutely bent mm-hmm. on making sure that you're as miserable as as they are i agree so yes i do agree that you know sometimes i feel like you kind of have to be just the recipient of it for someone else's sake because there are probably times when other people will do the exact same for you if you're having a bad day so it's probably just a goes around comes around kind of deal I, yeah, I, I don't think there's much of an excuse for being so rude to an individual that's on the front line that has really nothing to do with mm-hmm. the policy or anything like that. You can politely, if you disagree, say, may I speak to the owner mm-hmm. or is there a manager or something? But you can you can give people some leeway, but you can't let them... Uh, just run over you. Yeah. yeah. It, so many people will not want to talk to the manager, the owner, whatever. They It's like they just have that like session that they need to have of getting everything out because usually it's not like a, I have a fundamental problem with this and I mm-hmm. need to speak to someone who can control it because I think deep down they do realize this person I'm talking to, they can't control the situation, but they are there and they are going to have to listen to me right now. So I think that's probably a big piece I of it. I want to be heard. Yeah. And you're in front of me. Yeah. And I'm going to let you have it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so very good segment of Bolo yes. Scenarios. So we have a really interesting topic today. And this is the first time I've assigned a topic to an episode. But I assigned this topic to the episode because we have talked about this before. Yes. During my time here on the farm. And I think we've had really good and interesting discussions that I think would be good to share with other people. Plus, this is a topic that is important to me that I do want other people to... The few people that listen to this podcast, (laughs) I feel like they should listen to it. A growing Um, audience. Yes, growing audience. Um, Very positive way to put it. Yes. Um, So we are going to be talking about religion today. 
a lot of people don't like to talk about that, and uh, which is ironic and kind of sad. Um, let's dive into this but, very yeah. difficult discussion. Let's dive in and right let's now. let's make it fun. Yeah, we're going to make it fun. Um, and I told myself, no matter if for whatever reason we get heated, at the end of the discussion, we can look each other in the eye and say, this was a good discussion, and still be happy, and yes. then play a wonderful game yes. that is going to follow <laughs> afterwards. So, very first question. Very simple question. Do you belong to a religion? Um, I, I am Catholic. Mm-hmm. The way I describe myself is I am a bad Catholic. <laughs> okay. So um, I do not attend Mass. When I do go to Mass on a very rare uh occasion (laughs) um i actually enjoy it Mm -hmm. but there are specific reasons why i enjoy it um i i have no plans to leave the catholic faith and make a declaration that i am not a catholic Mm -hmm. um part of that could just be the fact that that's the way I was raised I'm comfortable with it Mm -hmm. I know the routine of it yeah um there are some practices of the Catholic Church and Mass that I really enjoy Mm -hmm. um oddly enough I love Lent (laughs) yes I practice Lent yes I think Lent is fantastic it's a a personal challenge can I do something completely for six weeks yes I have failed at cussing <laughs> uh, giving up cussing I should yeah. say <laughs> uh, I have accelerated and been very successful in giving up alcohol and sugar mm-hmm. I remember um, sugar last year yeah I was I really that. good about that yeah um, but yeah so so I I'm just a bad Catholic <laughs> so you grew up in a Catholic household I did okay so you it's been something that you've been with all of your life yes okay. I've never explored another faith okay interesting yeah. so I belong to Christianity um, but uh, and I've grown up in a Christian household all of my life um, I want. I was baptized. I was sprinkled as a child. Baptized when I was um, probably close to twelve years old. Um, but I, I say all of that. But I don't think I really, really understood everything until I was probably fifteen or sixteen. Um, so I should probably be rebaptized in the future because now that I have like a full understanding of everything. Versus just when I was a child and I felt like it was something I was supposed to do. Um, But as a child, we went to a, I think it was a Baptist church in Arizona. And then we moved here, went to a Baptist church, and then things got interesting with the Baptist church. So we started going to... It was a Southern Baptist. (laughs) It was a Southern... (laughs) Yeah, that's an important distinction because West Coast Baptist versus Southern Baptist is probably very very different right. in many distinctions um but now we go to a non-denominational church um and i i'm fine with being non-denominational because i think it is kind of weird to be 
like specifically like Baptist or like Episcopalian or or any of those things. I think it's nice to just be non-denominational and go to a church where like, oh, like a bunch of different sects of Christianity can come together and be like under one roof. It's not like only one specific kind of faith of Christianity, if that makes any sense. Um, But... I feel like there was more I was going to say. Do, um, so let me ask you this. Yeah. In your church, do you have Lutherans and Episcopalians and Baptists and yeah. and all that? Yeah. So like anyone, any, like any Lutheran, Episcopalian, Baptist is welcome in the church. Like it's not like a, oh, you have to fill out the survey of what you are when you enter okay. the door. It's like anyone can come into the church of, of any faith of Christianity or like any faith at all, really. I personally believe any faith should be welcomed into the church because how else will you spread the word if you don't let people of a different faith into your Mm -hmm. own church Mm -hmm. um but yes okay interesting um so you meant so you really like mass um and i've only been my mom was raised catholic Mm -hmm. um and she converted to being a baptist when she married my father but she held on to being catholic for years after they were married and she would still go to mass sometimes and sometimes us kids would go with her usually because we went to burger king after for dinner (laughs) Um, the truth comes out (laughs) yes truth comes out for this episode um and so like of the I only remember like a few things like of the traditions of Catholicism what do you like the most or what like brings you into like a spiritual mindset um I like the recitations Mm -hmm. um and that I am going to sit there in generally a cool dark space that smells really good (laughs) with wood and wax and incense Mm -hmm. and that type of thing but that it is going to be a situation where I can close my eyes Mm -hmm. and I can it's going to sound kind of strange uh, but I can kind of block things out yeah. for 45 minutes yeah. and let me tell you the priest had better not go to 46 okay <laughs> for yeah. 45 minutes I can go into almost a meditative state mm-hmm. and I don't feel um, I don't feel a religious connection I don't feel a spiritual connection I feel kind of a calmness Mm -hmm. that allows me to ponder Um, I I enjoy that quiet and and sometimes I've been known to take a wee nap Uh, and you know when things are going on Mm -hmm. uh, and I enjoy the what you might call the gymnastics of the Catholic Mass. As in like getting up, sitting down, yes, kneeling. kneeling. <laughs> yes, you know. Um, what a that, wonderful way to put it, the <laughs> gymnastics of Catholicism. <laughs> uh, there is some um, uh, enjoyment out, oh, I've got to do something. Boy, I better come back to the surface. <laughs> yeah. And also I remember, as an, as an adult now, I remember being there with my parents. Mm-hmm. And that is actually a comforting thought. Yeah, so... Uh, like growing up when you went with your parents was it 
did you feel like a obligation like a familial obligation to go or did you feel like some kind of spiritual or religious connection as a child no I did not feel any spiritual or religious connection as a child when my parents put me in Catholic school I cried every single day oh my gosh and the nuns would try to bribe me with prayer cards and as a six seven year old I would think to myself what do I want with a prayer card I want out of here (laughs) you are scaring me you big penguins and I would like to leave here you know I want to go home Mm -hmm. I know how to read And, and I was an unusual child uh-huh. and I just didn't want a prayer card. So I just sat and I didn't, it was not loud crying. I just sat and wept. Mm-hmm. And, uh, finally my parents had to take me out of Catholic school because I was, you know, I would just cry. Mm-hmm. And so they could do nothing with me. And, uh, and I don't <laughs> Couldn't remember. get you into the habit. <laughs> couldn't get me into the, ha yeah. They couldn't get me into the habit. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, boom. Uh, but, uh, now, I mean, I have actually sought the advice of, um, nuns and priests, uh, because I'm familiar with that. I, I like mass. Mm-hmm. I don't. I have issues with some of the belief systems, yeah. and and it's funny. I I have kind of made peace with my how in the world could Mary be a virgin? <laughs> yeah, you know I know biology, mm-hmm. and I'm not so sure mm-hmm. uh, to. Um, angels appearing and and the meanness of all that is described Um, I have issues with that within the church setting and and even today how we celebrate something called Christmas Uh okay how so how so Uh, because it's commercial yeah it's there's there's very little that has to do with a child coming into this world to make it better and uh baby jesus and three wise men and all that business and you know i think he was actually born in july Mm because that of course is my birth month the best (laughs) birth month out there Mm -hmm. uh but i and i think that commercially december 25th works yeah um i i would hope that there is a Jesus. Mm-hmm. I deeply hope there is. In our world, I don't know that that there is. Okay. As we exist here on on Earth, but I have hope. Mm-hmm. But do you believe that he did come as as a baby and then grow up, lived for forty years? I believe that there was um, a very good person that was born named Jesus. Mm -hmm. I think he was wise, and I believe he had followers, and I believe he fought um, for what was right and good and accepting of so many people that were not accepted Mm -hmm. and injustices, uh, whether he was born of the Virgin Mary, whether he is the Son of God, um, I, 
I have my doubts. Mm-hmm. I do. I have such a strong hope for this world. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very hard to maintain that hope. Yeah. And, and I see people uh, that they, you know, the moment somebody wears a crucifix or, well, or a cross, crucifix in the Catholic faith, um, and they say, I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. is actually the moment I stop believing anything that they say mm-hmm. and I realize I think this person is going to screw us over. You know, yeah. I mean in business dealings, yeah. this has been my experience yeah. and I don't believe that they are a follower of a person named Jesus Christ and I don't believe that they understand what Jesus Christ did. Mm-hmm. Um I think they just think it's a nice thing and my biggest issue mm-hmm. with a lot of Christians is the ability to excuse behavior on a Sunday mm-hmm. and turn around on a Monday mm-hmm. and behave horribly. Yeah. And that is if you are a, if you are regretful on a Sunday, you should amend your ways and you should be a better person on Monday. Yeah. And that should carry through. Yeah. You shouldn't say, oh, by golly, here comes Sunday. I'm going to trot into the confessional. Yeah. You know, or I'm going to stand up and say hallelujah, and I'm going to be erased for, you know, selling that guy 20 bad trees I knew would die and mm-hmm. walking out of there but going, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. You can trust me. No. No. Uh-uh. No. So multiple things I want to address because you did mention something that will be coming up in another question okay. of experiences we've had with people of a certain faith right um but you mentioned you know kind of coming to terms with things you don't you aren't completely sure about and i think that's a big piece of faith is that you can't is that you kind of have to be able to be satisfied with not having all of the answers which sounds kind of like a really bad cop-out excuse because not to throw your husband under the bus but your husband will who is an atheist um, I've discussed this before with him, and, and he said, well, like, you can't really, why why can't you have all the answers? You know, why be uh, satisfied with not having all the answers? And I totally understand that, because why not, why not know everything? Um, but maybe it's not meant for us to know everything, because there is so much. Um, but I do have doubts, too. Like you said, you have doubts. I have doubts, too. But I don't think doubts are... A bad thing I think uh, I can't think of the word well forget it doubts are totally natural and I think they're normal and that's okay as long as you don't let them overcome the faith that you have um, so I totally think doubts are fine because it shows that you're interested and you're engaged and that you're thinking that you're not just letting everything wash all over you and be like a gullible person you know I, I, I think that's a good point um, and and Bill has been very instrumental in um, and in his belief of being an atheist because he was an altar boy for the bishop, mm-hmm. you know, in Ohio, and uh, and he has said, you know, I was kneeling there ringing a little bell and I didn't know why, mm-hmm. and and yet it, within his family he has uh, some very uh, committed Catholics. Yeah. Um, 
my father is a committed Catholic. I mean, and I think is the finest man that ever walked the earth. Uh, Other than Jesus? Well, you know, <laughs> dad's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, it, but my father kind of has this thing where he, you know, you'll say, well, dad, you know, what about this? Why is this happening and stuff? Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, um, when he passes away, which I hope is a long, long time from now, mm-hmm. um, he said, all will be revealed. Yeah. And I, I think that's a beautiful thing to be able to say, you know, all will be revealed, which means I have questions. Yeah. I don't know. But when I die, when this physical body leaves, I'm, you know, I, I, I will know. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I won't know and won't care, you know. <laughs> um, and I have a, I, I still have very much uh, a little girl's attitude, or or hope in some ways. You know, I've always said I don't want to go to a heaven where I don't have any of my animals. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that still is true today. If I have to go to heaven and there are no animals, I don't want to go to heaven. I want to go hang out with my animals. I think animals are going to... I'm like 99% sure animals are going to be in heaven. Well, I don't know. Yeah. And and I am okay with saying I don't know. I, I think the religion that I want to practice, and I fail at, but I attempt it, mm-hmm. is I just want to be a good human. Mm-hmm. I want to do good works on earth whether that is saying there's an old chicken out there and she's not laying any more eggs Mm -hmm. but you know what we'll go live your life Mm -hmm. you know i'm not gonna wring your neck yeah not yet no not not no i'm not gonna wring your neck yeah um but so yeah i've kind of gotten off that question no you're totally fine okay um but I, I'm pretty sure animals are going to... Uh, that is a personal belief that I have. That I'm, I'm just pretty sure animals are going to be in heaven. I Fingers crossed that they are. <laughs> I really want to see Buddy again. He was a great dog, and I really hope to see him again yeah. someday. Um, and so we kind of started talking about kind of like philosophy and spirituality. So what do you think is um, the difference between religion and spirituality? Well, I think religion is certainly a, a practiced mm-hmm. faith. Um, and it's, it's set out through, uh, you will believe this, you will believe this, you will believe this, and you will practice this way, this way, and this way. Okay. I think spirituality is more of stepping in an exploration okay. and not being told yeah. But having more of a feeling yeah. of um, uh, maybe you're more of an earth person. Maybe you are, um, you feel a, a kinship with nature, um, such as the Native Americans, or you are you lean towards music and that helps you with yeah. your spirituality yeah. or you know I've always said I go to mass every day or every Sunday because I step out on the farm yeah so I feel a, a connection yeah. with 
the earth, the animals, everything around me that is natural. Yeah. Uh, And I don't have anybody telling me, well, you know, at noon, you're going to do this, this, or this. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just something that evolves. Yeah. I definitely agree that spirituality is definitely more of a like a personal feeling, more of a you find it on your own kind of way. I think like religion is the steps to how to get to spirituality because spirituality, I think, is using in my own personal examples, like the connection I have with God and religion is how to get to that connection and how to maintain that connection. It not it isn't the connection itself. So the religion or is the instruction book. Yeah. Or the yeah. recipe. Yeah, and then like I think spirituality is like the cake that is made by the recipe. Um, because I you kinda alluded to it, like a religion is definitely more like structured, very theological thing that is kind of in a way, set in stone, like Ten Commandments, because that wasn't set in stone. Um, probably the origin <laughs> of the phrase. Um, versus spirituality isn't as concrete, and it's more of a personal feeling that you have and that you share only with God and not with other people. Well, it's a connection you share with God, but you can share your spirituality with other people. I did not phrase that very well. That's okay. Um, but I definitely think they differ. They're definitely not the same. Religion is much more I think religion can be more of a like a custom or like a series of just habits that someone can fall into whereas like kind of like you said like working with the animals like that is your mass like being within creation and like experiencing the world and nature around you like that is a very spiritual connection to have or like going on a hike or just being out in nature excuse me it's just like a very big way of feeling a spiritual connection with god i think i think that the closest i have felt to um having a connection with a uh, divine being Mm -hmm is when I witness births and when I witness death. Yeah. And you realize that when you look into an eye, the depth, that's how I know and truly believe in souls. Yeah. Because I've watched that enter the world and then I've watched it leave. And when it leaves... It takes your breath away. Yeah. You know, and then you sit back and go, oh, I, you know, what do I need to rethink here? Yeah. I, and, and, uh, but then also that part of me says, this is a biological process. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to understand it from the birth to the death in a way that is science based. Yeah. Everything is very finite. Yeah. Because everything has a start and it has an end point. Right. Which is really sad, but I, I kind of see I see what you're saying. Uh, pun, see. What, yeah. About the eyes that, like, you... I feel like you do see a lot of soul within people's eyes, and that's how you tell that people really are... Or that there really is life within something. Because even though it sounds, like, kind of creepy, you can definitely tell the difference between, like, the eyes of someone who is alive versus the eyes of someone who is just deceased. Like, there's not a 
it's not just like a physical thing of like oh there's not as much color or something like that like you can just sense a difference between the two well they're not waking up and saying hello true very (laughs) good point very good point so do you think uh religion is declining in society yes i do yeah and why do you think that um i think that the generations that are coming up are focused on other things yeah they're not focused on a going to a mass or a service or anything um and i think that religion is turning people away Mm -hmm. it has become so politicized so polarized that um i i can't imagine what would attract me to step into a religious Mm -hmm. um if i if i hadn't been raised catholic to step into a religious uh building yeah and seek guidance there it would not occur to me as a young person today yeah and i I do, and I, I don't like that we have that very political association with religion because, like, personally, like, a lot of my political beliefs do kind of derive from religion and, like, what I believe in are supported by that. Um, but I, at the same time, it definitely makes for, um, like, a just a hard discussion because it's not, like, for me, like, I don't support abortion, Um but that doesn't mean like you can't be a Christian and support abortion. Like you could be a Christian and you could support abortion. You could be a Christian and you cannot support abortion. Like you can have both, but having that distinction often turns people away because they're like, Oh, well, if I assign myself to this religion, then I have to change all of my personal beliefs and I have to change all of my political opinions, whatever you can maintain, whatever political opinions you have within a religion as long as you do i guess believe what you believe you know i think for women and young girls things might be a little different yeah and and you bring up the point of abortion um i am a pro-choice person Mm -hmm. i've been a pro-choice person forever Mm -hmm. because of the circumstances that some children are brought into or the financial situation or you know somebody just had an unfortunate night, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit too much or something, you know, along that line. So I'm a pro-choice person and I'm not going to pass judgment on somebody. And I actually don't care or want to know, you know, it's none of my business. And that's where I think the politics uh, has infiltrated in the religion yeah. and they've become so mixed up to where, what business is it of mine? It is in my book, none do i i don't necessarily believe in hell you know i actually think that we make our own hell right here on earth and you can choose to walk through it every single day yeah. or and some days you do some days you don't but i i just don't believe in um i i think that school prayer is not necessary. Um, I well, went to, it's not pretty much non-existent now. Unless right. It's a I don't school. think that that's going to cause a kid. School prayer is going to cause a kid to uh, uh, become a 
uh, or lack of school prayer to become a criminal or to become um, the best person out there. That is the responsibility of home life. Mm-hmm. You know, our schools are not to be spiritual guidance, except if you choose to send your child to a Catholic school yeah. or another religious entity. Yeah. Then you've said, this is important. This is what I'm going to do. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. But, um, and I went to school with uh, all different faiths and it never, I never felt that they were going to do anything different except be just good people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and when, when somebody said, well, I need to marry a good Jewish boy, I never thought anything of it because she was Jewish. Yeah. You know, good, go marry a good Jewish boy, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 don't, I don't see the need to have religion grow within the youth of mm-hmm. our country. I see the need for individuals to understand respectful behavior towards one another and all living creatures and our earth. That's what I see. I see the need to be respectful and kind. And kind, I think, has a, you know, that's kind of, you see all these signs, be kind, Mm -hmm. be kind, you know. Uh, What does that mean? You know, what does it mean? Does it mean you don't flip somebody off when they cut you off in traffic or something like that? You know, is it... uh, what is be is it holding doors open is it i think it goes beyond that yeah. i think kindness has to grow from within yeah um and before i say anything else i do want to address if you're hearing a licking sound oh. uh we do have a dog that has joined in on the discussion so just be aware um that's not me licking my chaps at paula um so rosita juanita is with us so uh just want to make sure you know um, I'm only half dog. Um, so um, I definitely agree. I think religion is declining in society. And I think it's because I, I feel it's definitely happen, happening for a lot of reasons. I think a big piece of it is people are so obsessed in themselves that they don't want to get involved with anything outside of themselves. And that they find a maybe they find a spiritual connection with themselves and with materialism. I think that's a big piece of it is that people don't people think like they're responsible for everything like I have this great life because I made this great life and granted there are a lot of people who have made their paved their way for success but I I do personally believe that like the opportunities that you have had in your life and the chances that you took were created by a higher power Um, but I think definitely religion is declining in society and that's definitely for me it's sad to see because i see like the way i've been able to like grow and change and like um just see really cool things with my own spirituality um and i guess religion too um kind of despite the distinction we made before but um i i just feel like it's kind of sad because it's to me it's a part of culture and it's a part of tradition so i feel like it's people just like shaking it off and saying like i don't need this in my life i'm enough for me um which is kind you know just a disappointment and then another thing i want to i want to say is i feel like sometimes people treat religion as just like a status or like 
some kind of inheritance that has been passed down onto them versus like something you practice and really hold on to and believe in. Because there was this girl I knew in high school and there was one day we were talking, we were talking at lunch and she was like, yeah, well, like I'm Catholic because my family's Catholic, but like, I don't actually believe in God. And I'm like, well, then you're not really Catholic. Like you're Catholicism isn't like a ethnic trait that's passed down onto you, you know, like with being Jewish, like, well, granted there's Judaism as in the religious belief and being Jewish is in the ethnic identity, right? Like Jewish and the ethnic identity can be passed down versus Judaism isn't passed down from like a parent to their child. So, and I asked her, I was like, what do you mean? Like, being Catholic and not believing in God are two completely different things, so you can't have both in the exact same situation. And she kind of was just like, ah, oh, blah, 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 blah. And I didn't really get like a clear answer out of her, but it absolutely mesmerized me that she said that and didn't think twice about it. But I think that you can be Catholic and have questions. Yes. I, I don't think you have to have a complete faith that there is a God. I don't think you do because... As I said, I hope, okay, um, and I am, I, I fail regularly in my thought process or in my prayer. I, I actually believe that thought is prayer, mm-hmm. and uh, some days I have good thoughts and sending out good prayers, and other days I've got some, you know, really rock bottom yeah. uh, thoughts and. So, I this past summer I I took a class on making books, mm-hmm. and I found that to be almost a religious experience. Yeah, because books are very dear to me, coming from um, a mother that was a librarian, an aunt that was a librarian, my parents being you know educators, and books have always played a very important yeah. life, and I've always felt very respectful. Um, of what it takes to put between covers, the, the process, the words, and everything. And, and I had a table mate that I so enjoyed who was an author, or mm-hmm. is an author, a well-known author. And we were talking, and, and, and uh, as we're cutting and stitching and doing all this, and she said, well, there, she... I think was raised as a Baptist, and then she uh, has been practicing the Quaker faith. Mm-hmm. And she said the Quakers have something called "proceed as way opens," and that made so much sense to me. In that you can be my this is my interpretation and understanding. Yeah. Apologize to Quakers. Okay. <laughs> We have a big Quaker listening population for this podcast. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. You know, so, but I think that is one of the most beautiful things I have ever heard. And I think about it so often. And Haven Kimmel, thank you for sharing that with me. Um, the, the meaning of that, as I interpret it, is sometimes you want to go someplace. You just... You're, you just want to have this experience. You want to move forward. You want to progress. You so want to do this. Mm-hmm. 
and the way is blocked. Yeah. Okay. The way has yet to open for you, but maybe down the road, as circumstances mature or veer off or something, the way will open. Yeah. So you proceed as way opens to you, career, family, whatever. Yeah. And I think maybe in the youth of today's life, there is such a tunnel vision of getting someplace that maybe people are missing the ways that are opening. Yeah. Maybe one of those ways is faith. Yeah. I don't know, but I do, I feel so strongly that we must step back and we must take uh, a look and say, well, what is blocking this yeah. and what is opening? Yeah. And and times will change. Yeah. You know, so it's a, it's, um, I think it's a wise philosophy yeah. or saying or, you know. What so. an interesting, like, what an interesting, like, belief. Like, yes. to have that. I think that's really, really cool. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so we kind of talked about this earlier, um, but we're going to talk about it again. Okay. Um, what are good and bad experiences you've had with a religion? It could be your own. It could be with a different one. Let's say one for each. One bad, one good. Well, I have immense, deep anger with the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm and the pedophilia Mm -hmm. uh, practices and the way that that was addressed, ignored, shuffled. Um, I I just, and this this brings me back to questioning religion, questioning the presence of God. And and some people may say, well, you know, she's a hypocrite. You know, she says she goes to mass and or doesn't. You know, I mean, she's a bad. I just say it's I'm a bad Catholic. I don't practice it. But um, I I am unable to forgive, and in that instance, any part of the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. I, I just am so disappointed. Yeah. Um, on a good note, I really like Pope Francis. I think he's one cool guy. Yeah. Anybody that would kneel down and wash somebody else's feet would live in humble surroundings. I think this man understands the man that was Jesus Christ. Yeah, like servanthood. Yes, I, I, I believe he's very good. Now, he says that nuns will never be priests. But he's knocking on the door of priests being married, and I think that's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, how do you counsel married people if you've never been married or slept <laughs> with someone? Yes, you very know? interesting situation yes, to find yourself you know, in. Uh, I have had... Um, I, one of my, my worst experiences with, was with a young man that wanted to be a youth minister, and he uh, uh, was at the... Southern Baptist Seminary here in Louisville. And uh, he proceeded to tell me in a setting which uh, I was surrounded with animals, that animals do not have a soul. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you ignorant individual. Actually, there was some more colorful things. I don't believe I said that, but I did say, um, 
you know, you're in my house. I don't appreciate this, even though it was his point of view. Yeah. And I have grown past that and said, you know, it's his point of view, whatever. But this is a man that's counseling young minds. Yeah. This is why I have a okay that people aren't going to church, okay? Yeah. <laughs> He's counseling young minds that uh, souls are not in animals. So if you believe that souls are not in animals, does that lead to greater abuse? Does mm. that lead to, if you, if you feel that the human is the only soul uh, on this earth, are are you more apt to be shallow, cold, singular, less compassionate? Yeah. Uh, and I have a real problem with that. Yeah. That was a horrible experience. Yeah. And to this day, I can't even look at a picture of the guy and think, I can't believe you're a youth minister. Do you remember who it is? I do. Who is it? I can't tell you. Can you tell me after? I will. Okay, awesome, because I really <laughs> want to know now. Um, it's funny you say that because I've had a lot of interesting encounters with multiple different youth pastors um, that are just not particularly uplifting. Um, but I'm not going to get into that now just in case it bites me in the butt uh, for any specific reason. Um, but back when we were, so this is definitely one of my worst experiences. Back when we were um, attending a Baptist church when we first moved here, I went to a small group of like people in my grade. Like I think I was probably like eighth grade at the time. Um, and it met on like Sunday nights and it was at someone's home. And I think we, maybe I was in the ninth grade. Um, it doesn't particularly matter. The point is, um, my specific grade was had such a small group that they combined hours with um, the year below us. So if I was in eighth grade or was seventh grade joining us, if I was in ninth grade, it was eighth grade was joining us. Um, and I didn't know like a lot of the guys super well, um, but I definitely didn't want to know them super well because they were some of the worst kids. And probably, and this sounds really judgmental and rude and probably hypocritical based off of what I've shared, they've probably become some of the worst people I know as well. Um, but the way it was is they were so verbally and physically abusive to one another um, that I was just like, what are, what are you doing here claiming you are this when you are being the exact opposite of this? Kind of like at the beginning when you said, how can you go to church on Sunday and be one way and then rest of the week be another way? Mm -hmm. And I know I challenged, I am challenged with that as well. So I'm not saying, oh, I'm holier than thou. And I never face that problem because I do face that problem. Um, but these kids were so, so horrible that I just could not continue going. And so I stopped going because I was like, these people, if I am around these people long enough, I will become like these people. Um, and I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. There was a... A one person within our group um, who was very gay, very obvious, very feminine, very over-exaggerative. Um, and he kind of went because his parents forced him to go to the group. And all of the kids were so mean to him. They called him such horrible things. They made him like the butt of all jokes, pranks, what have you. And I was just like, that's, you can't be this way. Like, you can either be this way and disassociate yourself from this religion you claim to be believing and practicing, 
or you drop this right now and change how you're behaving because you were creating such a horrible name for Christianity or being a Baptist, whatever, that you are detracting so many other people from it if you continue to live this way. And so I removed myself from the group and it would probably been like a couple of weeks and one of the small group leaders came up to me after service at church and asked why I hadn't been coming. And I, I told him, I said, I don't really enjoy the company of the others and it, I, I feel very uncomfortable. And he said, well, I don't, I don't think that's really good of you. I think you need to come back again. And I was like, I, I really don't want to. And so then a few days later, he texted me and he said, I just want to let you know, we don't really want you coming back to the group because of your lack of ability to show Christ to these other people that you, you, you claim to be a Christ follower and show compassion, yet you won't come to this group anymore. So we don't really want you to come back anymore. See, what does, yeah. would Jesus Christ have done that? Absolutely not. This is wrong. Yeah. And the, the thing is, you might have been uh, a person, well, I, I know you are, Thank a you. person of far greater intelligence. And also, their behavior started at home. Yeah. And that kind of bullying behavior shows a huge insecurity on their part. Yeah. And that person that they were bullying, what did that person go home with yeah. as far as a taste of religion? Yeah. This is wrong. This is why yeah. I embrace people not going to an organized religion. Yeah. It's, it's very, that's so uh, dark. Yeah. And it was... Uh, and I don't think I really understood everything that was going on at the time because this was years ago and I was right. still like, again, like I didn't really understand everything about my beliefs until I was probably 15 or 16. Right. But uh, my parents, like I told them what had happened and they were absolutely furious with him because I think the point he was trying to make of my inability to show compassion, my ability or inability to show compassion had absolutely nothing to do with the situation. It wasn't that I couldn't be compassionate to these people. It's because I did not, first of all, want to be associated with these people. And two, I didn't, it was such a negative and terrible environment. I wasn't growing spiritually. I wasn't getting any kind of like religious enrichment from the group because the members of it were so just absolutely awful. And I also love the redundancy of banning me from a group I don't really want to go to anyways. I don't see I don't see the point in that. Um, and that is a religious youth leader. Yeah. What is that person actually teaching? Yeah. You know, that that what what that's kind of says to me is that that individual felt rejected by you and that was, you know, they couldn't handle that rejection yeah. rather than addressing, "Hey folks, we're not here to bully." We're not here to make fun of anybody. Yeah. You know, this is unacceptable behavior. And that's it. Yeah. So that's very sad. I'm, I'm sorry you had that experience. Me too. Um, but we that was kind of one of like the final straws that broke the camel's back. And that's kind of why we switched to another church and being non-denominational instead of Baptist. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm trying to go back to some positivity and yes. reminding people there can yes. be good. Just like feeling affirmed in that like there is purpose and that there is like reasoning because a lot of times I have the problem of 
trying to decide is this just by chance or did it happen for a reason or what and if i'm really true to my beliefs then i have to believe everything that happened happened for a reason and everything that happens happens for a reason which is a very hard pill to swallow because there's so much bad and there's so much negativity but i think it's part of people's journeys that can lead them on to doing bigger and better things or maybe that was a chance for them to grow and then they were able to help other people grow going through a similar similar situation i definitely think of like my family situation of how my brother had many problems as he got older that gravely affected our family and that kind of shook my faith a lot because i was like how can god be letting something so terrible happen and not do something about it but i see the effect it's had on my parents and how they've been able to help other people in the same situation and just how that was a really good challenge to my faith to see do i really believe what i believe or do i just believe what i believe when it's convenient to believe it um so i think just finding the remembering that there is purpose in all things i think is a very good religious experience to have um about 25 years ago mm -hmm. i um took a course at the colorado community college in Breckenridge when I was living there and um, it was called the Artist's Way and we were tasked with creating a personal affirmation mm -hmm. and my personal affirmation from that class to this very day is that my life is my greatest creation and I can create goodness. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have any religion involved in it it doesn't place the responsibility for that on a deity uh anything else it's squarely on my shoulders mm -hmm. and i have the choice of whether or not i can create goodness or not and and then we go to that proceed as way opens yeah as more of the goodness that i create my paths open in ways i couldn't have imagined yeah so I think if we, if we can have a personal affirmation that speaks truly to what we want to accomplish while we walk on this round planet, mm -hmm. and I'm not sure if it's completely round or not, might be a little oblique, you know, I, I'll have to check my There's a lot of debate if the world is really That's round right. or not. That's right. <laughs> and if it's flat, why aren't the cats shoving everything up? <laughs> So, uh, you know, I think that is where probably my biggest, I have to have faith in myself and my ability to create a good life. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. Yeah. And it's challenging. Yeah. And, but when you can step out there without the fear of, disappointing a god the god whatever it is mm -hmm. um you, there's a real freedom yeah to be able to live genuinely uh who you are yeah and and to me that is the way to live yeah it's very good and something interesting and we'll after i say this we'll move on to another question but something i meant to oh Thank you very much. Something I meant to say when we were kind of discussing religion versus spirituality is I was listening to a different podcast the other day called Sibling Revelry with K 
Kate Hudson and Oliver Hudson, who are the kids of Goldie Hawn. Oh, right. Um, and while it is really good podcast, I recommend, I highly recommend listening to this podcast over that podcast, even though that other podcast <laughs> is a good one as well. Right. Um, and they were interviewing Lisa and Laura Ling. Lisa Ling is oh, the yes. CNN reporter. And yes. They talked about religion at one point, and she said, I've encountered so many evangelical Christians that are so terrible that I no longer like really associate myself with a religion, but I still have a spiritual connection to God that is personal to me. And like, I still have my beliefs and everything. And I thought that was so interesting and also extremely depressing because I feel like that is something that kind of happens a lot and kind of relates to the bad experiences that we have with people of a certain religion that there's so many people who give a bad name or leave a sour taste in someone's mouth because they say, oh, like I am this religion and then they cause some harm or cause some bad unto you. And then it causes you to say, oh, well then everyone of that kind of that mm -hmm. group is probably the same way. And it's unfortunate because it, sometimes it is true about, and it, it happens all the time with Christianity of people, kind of like you said, of people who will have a cross around their neck and then leave you dirty. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of one of the reasons like I don't wear, like I, when I was a kid, I thought wearing a cross necklace was the thing and I wore <laughs> one all the time. Um, but event, kind of as I got older, I was like, I actually shouldn't wear that because even though I do believe it and it's not like a oh I'm too embarrassed or anything it's like I don't if I for whatever reason really stray from my faith and my path and do something that could cause someone else to do the same I don't want to be carrying that symbol to show them what I'm supposed to be doing in that situation you know mm -hmm. um but anyways I just thought it was a really interesting and also sad point that she made because I feel like it happens all the time. Well, I think evangelicals are a, a alien breed of human. They're definitely a different breed of religious and spiritual people. I, I think th there are some good. I think there are probably some who think they're good and have negative outcomes in what they do. But I do think there are some good evangelical Christians. Well, I'm going to go out here on a limb, and I hope I don't get stoned. <laughs> uh, but I think evangelicals are people that want to spout something, make a book, and if they get caught, repent, but hope they don't get caught. Yeah. And I've seen it way too many times, uh, going back to Jimmy Swagger, Jim Baker, uh, the guy in Colorado Springs. Um, that lady from the lady televangelist you talk about sometimes. Oh, yeah. Who do, do you Joyce remember? Myers. Uh, That's Bill. Oh, oh. boy. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, and I'll come in and he'll be watching her. And I'll go, what are you doing? You got to know what the enemy's doing. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yeah. just turn it off. I yeah. don't want it, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I have a repulsion to the evangelical movement I, I i really think it is is it is completely negative and i can't think that i have ever had a good experience with any evangelical mm -hmm. out there 
well, know. I think the I think one of the big things about evangelical Christians is that they take the conviction so seriously and there's nothing wrong with taking conviction seriously but they take it so seriously that they will go to any means and any lengths to try and do what they perceive as good mm-hmm. and beneficial for another person regardless of what kind of consequences it may entail for that person or people surrounding their situation and it creates kind of a tunnel vision of just like i am so hell-bent mm-hmm. on like getting this done that uh, i don't really care about what stands in my way and while i do think the idea of spreading the word of the gospel is very important and very very literally life-saving to other people you have to take in the cost of what kind of effect is it having on other people what kind of reputation are you creating for your religion and what you know even though you shouldn't get completely caught up in what other people think it's important to take into account that what you do is a reflection of what you believe in and what you associate with okay i'm gonna I'm going to just say something here because it's on the tip of my tongue and I need to get it out. Yeah. Where I have a real issue with religion is um, evangelicals or missionaries going into populations like the Amazon pygmies Mm -hmm. and thinking that those people need to be saved by God. That's wrong. Those people have existed as a culture in in their own way that they either do worship or don't worship um, and we have no business going in there and thinking they need to be saved that I have a huge problem with that uh, the Native American population uh, if, if nobody needs to declare that they are a Christian unless they want to be but if they want to worship the sun or the Aztecs or any other thing, if they want to worship the sun or pray for rain or anything like that, you know, I don't have an issue with that. That is a cultural thing that, and we don't need to be going in going, you know, you shouldn't play or pray to Ray because like in the Egyptians or mm-hmm. because Ray's not going to give you that rain. Well, God's not going to give you that rain either. You know, what's going to give you that rain is atmospheric changes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's science that's going to give you that rain or lack of rain. So I have a real problem with people going on missionary work, thinking they are going to introduce or change a culture and forcing them into a religion. Um, I I think that is a, a real problem in the uh, world of religion so i would have to say that i disagree with that because it is their i should say our personal belief that anyone who doesn't believe and accept jesus christ as lord and savior is going to hell so for us we're thinking if we don't share if we don't at least try to introduce them to this we're basically just washing our hands of them and saying well they can spend eternity in hell versus heaven i really do believe people who go into like the amazon and try to talk to the pygmies 
probably have good intentions to try and save them, not necessarily from themselves, because I, that definitely sounds very negative, just trying to save their souls and try and give them another option, per se. Give Why them- do they need that option? Maybe they believe that they are in heaven right now. Maybe they have a version of heaven. You know, maybe their their hell is a very different um, way. Why do they need an option? Their cultures have existed for many, like a thousand, I don't know how long the pygmies have been in the Amazon, but a long, long time. You know, why do they need that option? And what do you think? Uh, So let me ask you a question Mm -hmm. here. I'm going to ask you something back. Absolutely. Um, What is your version of heaven and hell? So my version of heaven and hell is anyone who accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior um, will go to heaven and acts on the conviction and really believes it, not just like a, oh, well, like I accepted him a long time ago and like I never really pay attention to that for the rest of my life um, because that's not really like really believing. So they need to be a practicing Christian. Yeah, it's not something that's just like a one-time deal where it's like, oh, well, I accepted it in my heart, but I still lived how I wanted to live anyway. You can still sin because sin is inevitable and everyone makes mistakes. I make mistakes all the time. I sin all the time. Jesus dying for me cleanses me of that and me having to go and repent and say, I apologize for doing this and for causing the pain that you died for. But back to your question, I do believe that people who don't accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, who don't believe in God, do go to hell. Where do they go? Is it Dante's hell? Is it a whole bunch of layers of hell? Is it are they are they walking on hot coals? I think it's probably probably specific to each person. They go through the hell and torture that drives the, that is like for me like say I were to go to hell my hell would probably be I'm surrounded by birds I'm being attacked (laughs) I'm in the dark and I am alone you're locked in the chicken coop yes I'm locked in the chicken (laughs) coop yes (laughs) so that would I think hell probably isn't a one size fits all maybe it is I don't really know what hell is gonna be like but I know it's not heaven do you think that we're required to spend some time in hell before we go to heaven? Uh, no. Is heaven, all. does heaven have angels and white fluffy clouds? And do you go through a gate? I, I kind of talked about this in another episode. The way I personally imagine it, I don't necessarily believe it's real. I think there's probably a gate that you go up to. There's probably a line because people die all the time, you know? So there's a big procession. Um, There's probably a gate and I see God as kind of like a bouncer to a club. Either you get to go in the club or you don't get into the club. And that may sound very cold, but that's just like the way I imagine it. It's probably not how it's actually like. You You meet God and then you probably talk with him and then he says, okay, well, this is where you're going based off of what you believed. Okay, so... Um, is so once you get in heaven mm-hmm. what do you do interesting you say that because I'm in a bible study where we've been talking about that 
because the concept of heaven is eternity and that once you're in heaven you stay in heaven for forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and thinking of eternity gives me a headache because i don't understand i cannot my mind cannot comprehend the concept of being in the same place for ever like what even is forever so you that know? doesn't sound like heaven to me that well, actually like, sounds like torture well versus being in hell for forever and ever and ever and ever and ever but i think i'm gonna have a lot of friends in hell <laughs> i think i'm gonna be partying well, you know pretty good now i may have some really hot feet but I, so so do you feel that the religions that believe in reincarnation are incorrect in their belief that that you come back yeah i think that's okay correct but I didn't really answer your question. Yeah. What I think heaven is like, I think you'll be with all the other people. You'll be surrounded by all the other people who are in heaven. The From what I have heard and read, this might not be entirely true, but it is from what I have heard and read, and I haven't done an extensive study of like revelations and everything and the concept of everything that heaven entails. But I think a big part of it is worshiping. And that comes in many different facets because for the longest time I've always thought worshiping is just singing. But I think worshiping is also taking part in creation, like having the spiritual moments here on earth when you're connected with like nature, connected with people. I think those are very spiritual moments that can be considered worship. Things that bring glory to God is worship. So like maybe taking time and like being with animals and like reveling in what god has made like to me that is a piece of worship so i think that will be a piece of heaven as well being a part of community and with people you love i think that is worship too so i think that will be a, a big piece of heaven as well i think there are a lot and i don't know everything and it's hard to try and think of everything that you will do for forever but i think those are probably some of the big pieces of what heaven will be like well it's interesting because when i have over the years as you know uh spoken with my father about things he goes you know when i die and go to heaven i want my mother there and i want her to be making a big pot of beans and some really good tortillas and i just want to eat beans and tortillas mm -hmm. you know that is what i think is he is looking forward yeah. to you know um i i hope he achieves that yeah. Uh, you know, I hope grandma's up there going, you know, hey, you got some more time down there. You know, I, I you know, we have such a commercial vision of heaven and hell. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the worst place you could be is limbo. Yeah. That you know, would that would. Awful. Yeah. Limbo would be horrible. Yeah. But we experience limbo here on Earth. True. Earth is kind of like a limbo. Yes. But it's a more finite limbo. Well, uh, but. I think we have the ability to return. And I'm not saying I'm going to return as me. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that there maybe is a portion of me that will live on in somebody else. Or, you know, and it's like how a virus on one side of the world can change and affects the virus on the other side okay. of the world changing. Mm -hmm. There's. And, and all this is just, I haven't, I ha, I've put it in the funnel, but it hasn't come out yeah. in a clearly defined, yeah. you know, tape of written, this is what heaven looks like. This is yeah. what hell looks like. I go back to the practice, which I do fail 
and succeed at, and that is being a good human. Mm -hmm. And really where I go in reality doesn't matter. Okay. It's what I have done here. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll get another chance. Maybe I won't. Maybe. You know, yeah. maybe I'll be partying, drinking bourbon with all the other little devils down there, okay. you know, or um, I never really had much of a voice, so I can't go singing with the angels. <laughs> That's okay. I think you can well, sing for me. Okay, sure. I'll <laughs> sing for you. And this is just purely out of curiosity. Do you personally believe in purgat purgatory? Like I kind of we... that limbo of in between after you die? Honestly, I haven't pondered that so much because I, I try to stay focused in what, where I am on this earth. Mm -hmm. I have experienced limbo mm -hmm. and it has been a bit of a purgatory mm -hmm. because not having a direction is so incredibly different or difficult. Yeah. Um, and wanting to fight your way through life is a bit of a purgatory. Yeah. So that's that's a good, I need to ponder that. Okay. I need to ponder yeah. that more. I think we've covered a lot, so I don't okay. really think we need to do the rest of the questions. Okay. Uh, but I've really enjoyed talking about this. It's I been feel fantastic. like I learned a lot from both sides of the yes. equation. Before we break, is there anything else you feel like you we didn't cover that you just want to add anything you want to say at all? Um, my, my hope is that in this tumultuous time on our planet is that we can find our way back to respecting everything, mm -hmm. not just human life or animal life, but we can find respect across the board and we can, um, proceed as way opens showing us that there is a better way to live and very treat good. one another. Yes, I agree. That's a very important thing for people to remember. Have we run out of time to play a game? Oh, no, absolutely okay. not. There is okay. always time. Okay. Okay. So please stay tuned for ads. We will be right back with our game. We'd like to thank desserts with fruit in them. If you even try believing it's still dessert, then you are no friend of mine. This episode is possible because of ghosting. Not only is it as annoying as heck, but it's turned my phone into a haunted house. All right, welcome back. I feel a little more loosened up, and there's more loosening up on the way to go because this glass doll is liquid in it. Um, but that's as much as I'm going to say about that because maybe I'm of age right now. Maybe I'm not. Who's to say? We don't really know. Um, but we are going to be playing a game that I'm resurrecting from season one because I have not played this game with anyone else since the first time I played it. In episode nine, it's called Accent Improv. And Paula, this, I have to let you know, this game is purely because of me working here on the farm. We had like this unspoken rule that if one of us talks in an accent, the other person has to respond in an accent as well. And that's just how it went. So I created this game for the podcast called Accent Improv, where you will choose an accent at random and you have to talk in that accent. And then you switch and do stuff because we love to talk in accents. Sure, it's we so do. It's so much fun. We sure do. Yeah. I and mean, I don't really speak in accents anywhere else except on the forum. That's right. Yeah. So I really thought because, you know, we're so good at it, that's the game we're going to do. 
for this Some episode. Some people might think it's a little bit annoying. Some people, yeah. I think people who consider it annoying probably can't do an accent like we can. They're probably jealous. Uh, but so the way it'll work is we'll do. Let me count one, two, three. I don't know if my repertoire is that good. Jordan. No, you're fine. We'll just do we'll do a few rounds and let's say for a minute and a half each. So we'll both take a card and then we have to speak in that accent for the full minute and a half. After it's over, we switch card. Is there a we, topic on there as well? Oh no, we just okay. talk about whatever. We just whatever. talk about whatever. Okay. No cool. one or a loser. Just cool. pure fun and embarrassment. Okay. Oh great. So let me set the timer real quick. Oops. Let me also take a sip. Yes. That's a goal. That's going to help. <laughs> um, I do have to drive home after this, yes, so I do. have to time this well, all right. You well, you can certainly have a cup of coffee. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So, Paula, would okay. you please take yes. a card? Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Do I switch it over? Uh, yes, yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. Are you ready, Paula? I believe I am, okay. Jordan. I'm going to take another drink. I think I will, too. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Three, two, one. So, uh, y'all, Paula, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been real fun having you here. I'm so glad. You know, my daddy brought me, he bought me a new BMW, and I have been, like, hanging out with my girlfriends and going to the swimming pool, and I'm so glad I could be here, too. You know, I haven't thought much about our topic today, but um, I think it's pretty rad, and, yeah. uh, you know, oh, gosh, did you get that smoke in the valley? Oh, oh, my God. What valley? Well, it's the valley. Down val in the valley? <laughs> no, it's not down in the valley. It's on the West Coast. Because, you know, oh, yeah, I yeah. put my top down on my sports car, and I went going. You know, I was just, oh, my eyes, everything. Oh. I wish I knew what that was like, because I only drive a truck, and it got it only go like 20 miles per hour. And, you know, I'm, like, tossing back my beer, driving, honking my way up with my Confederate flag in the back of my truck waving. Because, uh, you know, here in the South, we do things like that. I, I, what, what is a truck? <laughs> I don't know what a truck is. My daddy, um, he does uh, films. Oh, and yeah. And we don't, well, we, we, was really he on don't Book Dynasty? We, we don't associate with you. Yeah. Um, I think that wasn't oh. a, the best Valley Girl. I, I liked your Valley Girl. Okay. You I took on the personality of a okay. Valley Girl very well, okay. that I felt. Okay. My Southern was hard to start. I didn't know how to start it. It was yeah, kind of hard to start. Yeah, the flag scares me, dude. Yeah, I, I just felt like that was integral to the character. Though. Okay, good. Okay, so, are you ready for another yes, round? Yes, I am. Okay, all right. Take your card. Oh. Here, I'll take the one. That okay. Okay, all right, awesome. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to really gear up here <laughs> for I'm this. To, okay, I know what I'm going to do. Okay. All right, you ready? Yes, I am ready. Okay, let me start the timer. <clears throat> all right. Yeah, so, you know, we in the neighborhood, and the man try and pull his gun out on me, and I'm like, that ain't gonna happen in Jersey, like, we ain't, we, so I pull out the sausage gun, and I shoot him with my sausage gun, and I'm like, hey, I need my khakis, so, <laughs> don't take away my khakis. I, I, I just wanna know, 
is, uh, does the boss know? And I want to know this. Uh, did you hide your tracks? And I want to know, uh, are we going to have a, uh, a sub for supper? And, uh, and you know, uh, I, I, I hope you did what you were supposed to do, but you didn't get seen doing it. Oh, no. I, uh, I took care of business, you know. I uh, covered up my tracks, cleaned everything up, all the blood on the flow. I took care of all that, you know, so ain't nobody going to find nothing on me. Were you wearing your shirt or was your shirt off? What, what, did you I have your shirt? I was wearing my wife beater. Oh, your wife beater. My well, best wife beater. Well, put it in the washer. Yeah, okay? I'll put it in the wash. Because we got to get rid of that stuff. Yeah, add you some know? mustard stains on it too. I can take care yeah, of that. For my, I got uh, some Clorox pins. Oh, that's great. Because yeah. I was eating this really sausagey bratwurst. Yeah. And it was just getting all over my, my best wife beater. I wear it to, you know, Sunday Mass every Sunday. You do? my best wife beater. Oh. Did you have Jersey? Yes! I, I had my... It was your choice, so I chose Jersey too. Okay, that was awesome. <laughs> oh, very good job. I, you do a very good Jersey accent. Thank you very much. All right, let's do... I should have more to drink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, I'm oh, gonna... Oh, no. <laughs> You're killing me. All right. Oh... This is a hard one. You ready? Yes. Okay. Go. Well, what I was thinking was Putin and I, you know, we good friends. And so I, I thought, you know, why not hang out? We both ride shirtless on horseback together into the, the, the Alpine Mountains or something one day. Maybe hack American election, you know, just have a good time. Have a good time. Ah. Uh. I have not done anything wrong. I live in an embassy because other people have said I have done something wrong and I have to change embassy ever so often. But I really like those little fish. They are, they are called Swedish fish. And I like the Krugel and I like the little cookies that you think is sugar on top, but it's not. It's not sugar, and and I think the fish in the jars is the best for breakfast. Well, I, I don't know what you talk about because in in Mother Russia, all that we have to eat is cold potato for breakfast, lunch, and dinners. We eat cold potato every <gasps> oh, meal. Oh, oh, the potato! I thought you squished. And made into your vodka. Some, sometimes, yes. Sometimes we eat that yes. too because it tastes good with cold potato. We, we really. <laughs> I was just you getting ready Swedish to go. In. I was doing. I, I was really going to go into the massage. You had such. A, <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> but I really liked your Swedish accent. Well, let me that apologize really to all the Swedish individuals out there because I have been to Sweden and I love Sweden. Okay, my apologies. I thought you did well. Yes. That was really good. All right. I should have gone into the shops that were in Sweden. Oh <laughs> all right. Okay. I'll do this one. All right. I'll do. I'll oh, do this, this we. I've done this one before. Oh, is it Jersey again? Yeah. I put in multiple of those. You can, if you want, you could do a different one. Let me if do you a different want, one. You could do that. Let me okay. see. Let me see how challenging my different one is going to okay. be. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Channeling, channeling, channeling. Okay. I think I got this. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So uh, we was in the outback, 
and I was hiding out in the bush in the outback and there's this Joey without his mama and I was thinking crikey this ain't a good situation you know cuz uh cuz we in the outback and a joy without his mama ain't gonna make it without his fish and chips you know it's so dangerous I'm telling you dude get off my skateboard okay I need you to get off my skateboard I am going out to the beach I'm hanging with I'm gonna hang 10 off my board okay and yeah I might smoke a little something yeah uh, you know like yeah. a, like a doobie or something it's Oh, I think I'll call it rope. Yeah. But, uh, you know, yeah, come out. Come out and, like, you know, hang with me, get the waves, the yeah, vibe. Yeah. And, you know, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be good. We're going to walk on that beach. And I got this really cool, cool new surf suit. Yeah. I love to catch a really good wave because it's just so... It's so fun and, you know, really puts me in that mindset of like, oh, right before I go to the opera house, I just love to catch me a good wave and eat some fish and chips after. Yeah, I don't need no opera house. I got the waves. They're going to take me up. They're going to take me down. I'm going to go under. You know, yeah, now I'm going to walk up on that beach. (laughs) I'm just going to shake my hair. (laughs) <laughs> beach bum, right? Yeah. That was good. That was very good. I was trying to think of all things beachy. <laughs> I like the fact you inserted marijuana okay. and they're very on point. All right. Just a rope. <laughs> I've never heard it called that before. Um. But good to know now. Okay. Very good. All right. Final round. Okay. Your last one. All right. Oh. Ah, oh, dang. I don't. I always think I'm really good at this one, but I'm never not. I'm never really that good. Okay. It turns into Australian. Okay. All right, are you ready? Yes. Okay. So I was eating my scone the other day and watching Dear Elizabeth. I can't believe she's still alive. I just feel like it is time for her to croak uh, so that the masterful Prince William can take the throne. It's called Noki. It's not called Nochi. I am telling you, we meet in the piazza and we roll our own gnocchi, okay? And the sauce, this is the important part. You must chop your onions. You must chop your tomatoes. This is important, your basil. You have to get it all. Everything must marry together. This is the way it is. You have to make a Fine, fine bolognese. So, if we were to have tea together, would you bring this gnocchi? Because I've never, I've never had it before. Typically, I only eat scones for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with rocks, because my teeth are so terrible. Oh, goodness gracious. Let me say, you need some more gnocchi in your diet. Yes. This is important. Yes, I will bring the gnocchi. I will bring the bolognese. I think you need a fine vino to complement these things, and then you won't care how bad your teeth are. I will tell my good friend John Oliver, who is also British. <laughs> Very good job, Jamie yeah. Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, uh, John Oliver's the—he's uh, the British guy from last week tonight. It's a news uh, show. No, okay. That's okay. Yeah, Jamie, Jamie Oliver's a chef. Okay. Well, okay. Okay. Oh, I know who you're talking. <laughs> yeah. I know who you're talking about now. Okay. Very good okay. job. Hey, that was a fun game. Very good game yeah. of accent improv. Ooh. I know it's not dead now. I just need to make sure, not no diss to Paige Tharp, 
she personally admitted that she cannot pull off a voice <laughs> or an accent, and I totally respect that. I need to kind of scope if my guest can do good accents and voices, and I know you can, and this game is a testament to that. I oh. think that part of the the joy that we both get from doing accents is that it annoys William yes. at the wazoo. Yes, so your husband, William... Yes. He can't do it. I I firmly believe the reason why he's so annoyed is because he can't do an accent. So I I agree with you. Yeah. But maybe one day he will. Maybe one day he he'll will. join us. I think he will. Let's I just hope he will. you know once he's done with you know all his uh, his uh, obligations to the great skies. I think he will join us. Fingers crossed. I do hope he will. Thank you very much for a wonderful discussion, wonderful game. Just a great episode. I greatly enjoyed discussing with you. Thank you for being willing to come on again. So glad to have you on for season two. Uh, Before I go into closing announcements, I'll give you a five-second PSA of anything you want to say. Well, I would like to do my PSA on what a fine human I think you are. Oh, well, thank you very much. Although we may have some differences and we have many decades of age difference. The one thing I do, uh, I compliment you on and respect you for is your ability to um, invite differences of opinion, but yet be true to who you are. Thank you I think very that's much. that, and I have seen you as a human um, grow tremendously, and. Um, and your knowledge of the world and your challenge of the world is uh, has been really a wonderful thing to witness. Well, thank so you very I'm very much, proud Paul. of you. Thank you. That yes. honestly means so much to me. I hold you and Bill in such high revere, and you have been a huge part in the growth process for me. And I meant to say this during the discussion, but when I left the animal hospital... It was very, very happenstance that me working for you and Bill came about. Yes. I personally believe it was prearranged that it would fall into place because the experiences I've had, the relationships I've made with you and Bill are unforgettable and they are so valuable to me. Thank you so much for pouring into me and just nourishing me with so much, both with food, both with just... (laughs) cultural knowledge and everything but thank you so much for being just a wonderful boss a wonderful friend you I value are most you welcome so and i look forward to decades more of it i do not too. as your boss but <laughs> as watching you grow and expand as a fine human being and to continuously challenge yourself thank you you know um we just we all need to embrace our differences mm-hmm. and see I having learned proceed as way opens feel that you just took a path that opened to you mm-hmm. and we were that path yes so, you, there you were are. exactly that path for me to take yeah and Thank another you. one will come along I hope it won't take me too far away from you and Bill well the door will always be open <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> I will enter into the door one way or another whether i have to sneak in through the doggy door which i have done people ideas oh i can't i can't give people ideas i'm so sorry the mastiff will tear you to pieces yes and all the guns all around your house will be ready for you to grab to shoot what guns 
Oh, right. You don't have any guns. Oh, you mean house. the sausage gun. Oh, yeah, the sausage gun. The sausage gun. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do closing announcements with Good my Jersey Jordan. voice. Okay. Good night. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Goyceless Guidelines. Remember to subscribe so that you never miss an episode when they come out every other Tuesday. Please give us a rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way for people to know what this podcast is all about. That was almost Australian. Um, if you have any suggestions for topics or games for the show, send them to goislessgoidlines at gmail.com. No apostrophe in Goisler. Thanks for tuning in. Follow me on Instagram at savage underscore sasquatch78. And stay good, everybody.